You ready? Yeah. You ready? All right, hold on. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Myganation Podcast, sponsored by the Ranch Harley Davidson in College Station. I'm Alex Miller with the Eagle, joined by Travis L. Brown. Travis, it's a big week for for A&M on the football field. You know, there there is a semblance of hope after A&M beat Miami last week at Kyle Field. Uh, now, now they now they start marching into to SEC play. Uh, Going to face the Arkansas Razorbacks on Saturday at good old AT and T Stadium, the Death Star up there in Arlington. So, you know, I guess just jumping right into it. What what's this game? What what's at stake for A and M? Because it seems like there is some there there is some stuff at stake. Well, their margin for error is is zero or or, or or close to zero with that Appalachian State loss. If they want to have any shot at a college football to be knocking on the door of the college football playoff, they're going to have to run the table through SEC play and then probably win the the SEC championship title, which is a pretty long shot. And so it starts with this Arkansas game. Uh, if they start dropping games, uh, that, that whole idea of probably being in the sec title race is out. The idea of making it to the college football playoff is out, which again, like I'm saying is, is probably long shot anyway. That being said, I think really one of the key points, the, the, uh, the signs of maybe this will still be a successful season is getting to that double digit, uh, win total. And that's would be at risk if they lose this game. So I think that, like I said, moving forward through the rest of the season, the margin is paper thin of having a successful season or having a season that is uh, a push or a regression um, that, that, that they need wins every week to, to, to make that, that step forward. Not to mention you look at the next two games that they've got coming up at Mississippi state, Anum struggled historically in Starkville and then, of course, the showdown against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. If you've listened to this podcast at all over the last six months, you know it's at stake going into that game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's one of the hardest stretches of the season they'll have is is right here at the start, and uh, they're they're going to need to make big strides on both sides of the ball uh, in just the minutia in. in being able to execute on both sides of the ball and play a more physical game in the trenches um, if they're going to have a shot through this stretch. And that starts maybe the most notably here against Arkansas. You know, something that's interesting, A&M, this is their first game away from home, of course, this season. Uh, they're, they're playing a very veteran Arkansas team. How, how does maybe a younger A&M team fare at least in a neutral site against Arkansas. And does that kind of set up well for the Aggies that, you know, they're going on this stretch away from home, but that first game away from home, it's still kind of in that neutral environment. Yeah. I mean, there's always been a decent amount of Aggies that come out to this game. It's, it's, it's never really probably been more A&M heavy than it has been Arkansas heavy. It's a, it's a pretty good ways, right? Pretty even ways right in between when the Arkansas teams haven't been great. There's probably been a, been been a bigger A&M turnout, but it's certainly not going to be a hostile environment. I think no matter how many fans usually come to this game, there's, there's, it's kind of the, the stadium is kind of so cavernous and this is a knock that they've had, during Cowboys games and, and, and any kind of event that there, it's so cavernous and big that it's hard necessarily to feel, uh, imposed upon, 
uh, by whoever the home team's crowd is in there uh, because it is just so massive. The field is so far away from the seats and and different things like that. So I think that does help play into it. And another thing too is, and I know I've said this multiple times and people can argue with me until they're, they're, they're blue in the face, but this is a rivalry game. This is as much as a rivalry game as A&M has in the sec right now, both teams. It's always been a game. You can throw away the records. You can throw away the rankings. It's going to usually be a close game when it's played at AT AT&T stadium. I don't know if it's necessarily the, having the adrenaline rush of playing in an NFL stadium. I don't know if it's what both fan braces bring to this game. I don't know if it's just generally the physical nature of this game because of the way Arkansas likes to play. And in the past, the way A&M has liked to play, there's something about this game that makes it close, that makes it a hard fought game. And, and um, that's going to be weighing into this as well. Well, let's get into to the game itself. Uh, last week, the biggest storyline for AM, of course, Max Johnson taking over at quarterback for the Aggies. You know, it, Max did what it, what he needed to do to help the Aggies get the win, uh, but it was still a relatively just kind of pedestrian outing. Uh, 10 of 20, 140 yards. Didn't turn the ball over, though. That's something that Jimbo Fisher has praised multiple times about Max Johnson. You know, Travis, when, when you look at where the Aggies have been and where they might be going under under Johnson... Where do you see this A&M offense heading? I think the biggest thing that you can say about Max Johnson as the starting quarterback is poise and and maturity. Um, yeah, the stat line wasn't necessarily um, just world-shaking or, or that much different than what uh, Haynes King was able to do against App State. It was 10 for 20, about 140 yards. Um, but I think you he passed the eye test in that game of being able to stand tall in the pocket, step up when, and, or step back or, or move around in the pocket. And since pressure, when it was coming, he showed off and, and kind of laughed when people asked him after the game about his running ability, which always seemed to be kind of a knock against him compared to Haynes King. Uh, and, uh, got a chance to talk to Max Johnson's dad a little bit before this for a story we're doing this weekend. He says, Max runs a four, six forty. uh, can, two-hand dunk basketball. Uh, he's an athletic kid. Um, and and so I think there's a lot of pieces that he brings that, that are comparable to, if not in some ways, better than Haynes King just because of his experience in the SEC. He's older, um, and he has a little bit, of, little bit more poise back there. So I do think that they'll be able to see things progress as he has another week in the system where he's practicing completely with the first team. According to his dad, his dad didn't really know until about a day before the game that he was actually confirmed going to be the starter. And he said he didn't really even think Max, no one ever came up to him. He was like, Hey, you're the starter this week. It was just, he was taking the bulk of the first team reps. And then it was a day or two before that they said, Hey, no, you're, you're getting the start officially. And so he's going to know he's the guy all week this week. You're going to have in the game, Evan Stewart, Chris Marshall back two wide receivers who have proven that they can um, do some things there on offense. I, I think you would think that A&M would take a step forward um, and just simple execution and the things they would be able to do on offense. But then it also just comes back. This is going to be the most physical game that they've played all season. You know, one of, one of the biggest question marks on, on offense for A&M in this one is, you know, can they exploit Arkansas's weakness in the secondary? That seems to be a very vulnerable spot for the Arkansas Razorbacks. 
But on the flip side, their front seven's so good, Anum's going to have to protect Max Johnson well enough for that those plays to develop. Yeah, you know, I think everyone would be excited to see um, uh, Jalen Catalan, Arkansas's uh, All-American type uh, safety back there, roaming the backfield and and producing big hits like he did his freshman year. But he has uh, uh, he has an injury that's keeping him out for the rest of the season, so he won't be in that game. Arkansas has one of the worst pass defenses uh, in the country, and and you would think that they're going to stack the box and try to make a And beat them through the air. Uh, and so it's going to be a big game for for Max Johnson and for their wide receiving core, but. They're also going to have to be able to somehow establish the run uh, a, a little bit, and that's going to fall squarely on an offensive line that hasn't been able to produce much of a run push most of the season. They were a little bit better against Miami, but still were getting beat, still weren't necessarily opening up holes, and Devon A-Chain still hasn't necessarily proven that he has the the vision to run through tight spaces through uh, between the tackles. Um, I don't know if that is getting him uh, outside running, running some more kind of stretch plays to, to, to get him some more room out wide, or if that is re- relying more on LJ Johnson, which they did in some short yarded situations uh, in the game Miami for the first time. So they are going to need to establish that run, but I'm sh- if, if the game is going to be one, it's probably going to be through the pass game. On the flip side, you know, we talk about AM needing to establish the run. The, the question for the Aggies on defense probably is, can they stop the run? You know, Arkansas, Rocket Sanders, what a great name. name. That's a great name. That is a great name. Rocket Sanders, I don't know you, but you got an awesome name. Raheem Rocket Sanders. Anyway, you know, Anum hadn't given up the big home run plays necessarily in the run game, but teams have just been able to nickel and dime their way down the field by, you know, getting those good yardage on first down and, and being able to move the chains. Yeah, Robert Sesto, of course, does his grades after all of the games, and he gave... The, the defense an A after that last game. I don't know if I would have gone that high, but it's one of those deals, and we've talked about it multiple times, that when they're allowing only 17 points against an App State team that scored 61 against uh, uh, North Carolina, and when they're uh, limiting Miami to nine points, no touchdowns, it's hard to say anything bad about a defense that does that, but they're not getting off the field. They're, they're letting uh, teams convert um, short yardage, third downs, some fourth downs. Again, that's App State. I, I've said it multiple times. It seems like if a team wants to get a yard against AM, they're going to be able to get a yard against AM. And they know that. And they're they're taking some chances with that. Uh, that's never going to be more prevalent, maybe against this Arkansas team, uh, that, that even with a better looking defensive front, probably would have an argument that they could get a yard if they wanted to get a yard um, with their physicality, with their running attack. It's going to be a very strong test for AM's defensive front and their linebackers and, and a linebacking core. And you can argue with me a little bit this. I don't know what you think, but a linebacking core that's been decently untested this season. I think you could say App State gave them a test with how they were able to run the ball and they needed to fill fill gaps a little bit better. Uh, on the short yardage situations, but the linebackers have been in kind of one of those situations where you haven't really heard their name called. And so they haven't really stood out as doing anything wrong or bad, but they haven't really stood out as doing anything great either. Yeah. You know, we saw Edrin Cooper break up that pass down the sideline last week. I mean, that's, that's probably been his shining moment so far this season. A guy that, you know, they kind of had high hopes, uh, middle linebacker coming in this season. You know, here's the thing I'll, I'm going to look for this week, Travis, is, you know, I think in those first two, three games, 
we've seen a decent amount of three-man fronts from the AM defensive line. And against a team like Arkansas that you know you need to to run to stop the run game and Anum's got the talent on the defensive line, linebacker still I mean not not necessarily a vulnerability but at the the least deep at on their defensive side, you know, knowing what KJ Jefferson's able to do, big body guy, I'd just be surprised if A&M doesn't run mostly a four-man front knowing what they need to do to stop the run. That's what uh, I asked Jay Arnold this in our weekly kind of X's and O's breakdown of the game before. Of course, he's a former defensive lineman, and he Mm -hmm. said the exact same thing. He would be surprised if they went with a whole lot of three-man fronts in this game uh, because not only does that limit your ability to get a little bit, get another lineman rusher down down rusher into the defensive backfield but it it takes away your ability to contain uh uh, to to provide some contain on kj jefferson who who can easily run the ball um out of that uh three-man uh front defense as well they've used a lot more blitzes and exotic blitzes um a lot of those have come from you know antonio johnson damani richardson some of the safeties some of the defensive backs but you're probably going to need one of those linebackers to stay back as a spy on on kj jefferson and so i don't necessarily think that you're going to utilize them as much maybe in that blitz game uh that you use in that three-man front i i I just like you said I, i don't see them i will be surprised if they roll out that three-man front now they will probably roll it out on third and long situations passing downs situations like that but as frequently as they've done it maybe in intermediate passing situations maybe not as much What's going on, everyone? I'm Travis Brown with the Eagle. We're here in the Eagle newsroom, and I'm alongside Robert Cessna of the Eagle. We have, we have two legends of SEC football coverage here. Of course, Robert Cessna covering the Aggies and Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette covering the Arkansas Razorback. Bob, thanks so much for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Oh, sure. No problem. Good to be with you guys. Of course. Uh, well, let's just start off the same way we start off every one of these videos. And that is what is, in your estimation, the biggest storylines, talking points of this Arkansas team coming into the Southwest Classic? Well, it's really interesting. On Their offense has been really productive. They, they run the ball well. You know, K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, he's got a big, strong arm and he's got a great touchdown to interception ratio going back to the last season, but he runs the ball well and they got a big veteran offensive line. Um, so I, as long as they don't turn the ball, the thing was that they were minus three on turnover margin last week against Missouri state. That's why that game was so close. And that was a pretty scary game for Arkansas before they put by Petrino away. But the, the, the really crazy storyline, at least to me for Arkansas right now is on defense. They lead the nation in sacks. They're doing a great job of getting the quarterback but they also lead the nation in most uh, passing yards allowed. So it's kind of feast or famine. They're either getting the quarterback, you know, down or he's hitting them, you know, for some big gains. It's not necessarily a deep passes. Some have been, but a lot of them have been catching runs. They've given up a lot of yards after the catch. They haven't tackled very well. They haven't covered very well. So that's, it'd be interesting to me. I know A&M hadn't put up big passing numbers, but interesting to me to see can A&M exploit what thus far has been a, a struggle for Arkansas to defend the pass. Hey, Bob, we all know Barry Oldham's a great defensive coordinator. So what, and we listened to the teleconference with Sam about getting some guys back. What, what, what changes do you see Barry doing for this week? 
Well, they're getting Miles Slusher back. He's one of their best defensive backs. Unfortunately for Arkansas, Jalen Catalan, who's a, a, a you know Texas kid, great player, All SEC um, safety. He's been preseason All American the last two years, but he missed the last seven games last year. He banged up his shoulder, and then uh, missed. And then this year he got hurt in the Cincinnati game. He's done for the year. So that's you know you feel terrible for the kid. Big blow to Arkansas. But getting Slusher back, he's missed the last two games. Getting him back will be big. He's very versatile. They could play him safety, corner, nickel. That'll help. Um, but, you know, in the, the last two years, in Barry's third year going in as defensive coordinator, uh, their MO has been to drop back a lot of guys. They A lot of three-man fronts, a lot of dropping seven, eight guys, and that frustrated a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, but they weren't getting hardly any pressure. I mean, not hardly, but they, they had 24 sacks last year in 13 games, including the bowl game. This year they got 17 sacks in three games. And, they, you know, they played Cincinnati, a really good team. South Carolina is a solid team. Missouri State, I'm telling you, they're not your run-of-the-mill FCS team. And by Petrino's not your run-of-the-mill FCS coach. I think their quarterback, Shelley, um, he could play for a lot of FBS teams. And with that being said, they, they've done a great job of putting more pressure on with some new players, especially Drew Sanders, a linebacker from Alabama, but he rushes the passer a lot. Jordan Dominic and defensive end from Georgia Tech. Those two guys have a, have most of their sacks. And um, so it's kind of been they, – they, they've been selling out some, you know, playing more man coverage and, and getting after the quarterback. And it'll be interesting to see. I, my feeling is they might do a mixture in this game, drop some, you know, and, and other times, you know, bring the house and get, get after Max Johnson. Um, so we'll see what happens. But my guess is they might go back to some of that, but I don't see them strictly be an eight-man drop because I just with the pass rushing capacity they have, I just don't know if that I think they're 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 better off trying to get some heat on the quarterback. With his pr- production on the field and, and also just his name, I know a lot of people would know the name Bumper Pool uh, coming into the season, what he's been able to do at linebacker. But like you mentioned, it's Drew Sanders that it seems has really separated himself from that linebacking core. How much of a surprise was what he's been able to do so far? And, and how much impact do you think he could have on a, on a game like this that always seems to be physical up on the, on the fronts? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, Arkansas wouldn't have recruited him if they think he was going to be pretty good. But the feeling was, hey, he's leaving Alabama because he can't get on the field enough there. I know he had some injury issues. Um, it, it's funny, Alabama adds a few guys to the port. I don't think Georgia added anybody. You're not seeing a lot of people go to those programs because it's hard to get on the field at those places. But um, Arkansas had a need lo- losing at linebacker. You know, Bumper Pool's a great player back. He if uh, he might, uh, he should end up being the all-time leading tackler by the time the season's over. Very, very productive guy, Re- really good linebacker, one of the best in the country. I think he had 125 tackles last year, and he's basically on pace for that for that number again. But yeah, Drew Sanders is a guy who um, they've been playing him a little bit more at a middle linebacker spot, but he's been getting on the edge too. And I thought he'd be good because Arkansas wouldn't bring him in if they didn't think he was going to be. Good. But I don't think anybody could have anticipated he'd be. Um, leading the SEC in sacks like this. And he's been good on run defense, too. He's a, he's from down there in Denton, Texas, so it's kind of a bit of a homecoming for him. Bubba Pool's, uh, you know, from Texas as well. Arkansas has got a lot of guys from Texas. Obviously, the Yankees do, too. But, yeah, Drew Sanders, I'd say they thought he'd be good, but I don't know if anybody could have predicted he'd be this good. He's He's been very, very impactful. Hey, Bob, you know, we all we, we talk all about, we write about, you know, the neutral site game. This is the first road game for both teams. You always wonder about that first trip away from home. But when I look at Arkansas and think about the times when in the Southwest Classic, 
they seem to be a little bit more at home than A&M when I looked. I think they start all upperclassmen except for Sanders, the running back, so they also have a huge edge to me in experience. Do you feel that Arkansas feels this more of a maybe a little bit of a home-field advantage than maybe A&M? Yeah, you know, I guess uh, obviously College Station's closer. What is that, like a 90-minute drive or something? Uh, it's about um, 100 and – about three hours, I mean, about two and a half okay. hours drive, I guess. About, okay, you know, I guess I was thinking maybe if you were driving a Lamborghini at 200 miles an hour or something. <laughs> I can't afford but, those cars but, like you, Bob. We don't have yeah. those NIL deals. Uh, I, I can barely pronounce it, let alone afford it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's Jerry Jones, the old Razorback. This is uh, his baby, so to speak. You know, he I think he really wanted Arkansas to play in that stadium. And Arkansas obviously recruits the Dallas-Fort Worth area very heavily. That's their biggest alumni base, I think, outside the state of Arkansas. Uh, I know it's the biggest Razorback club outside the state of Arkansas is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And um, I think Arkansas fans like coming down there. They always love, you know, coming to the Cotton Bowl. They'd really love to be in the Cotton Bowl now, <laughs> now more than they, they always love going to the Cotton Bowl, but they really like to be now that it's one of the, one of the playoff bowls or the Super Six Bowls or whatever they're called. But, um, yeah, I mean – um, I think it's a really a, a true good neutral site uh, game. And I know there's a lot of movement to get it uh, back on the campuses. And that's probably what's going to happen when the contract runs out in 2024. But I think there's a lot of uh, reasons to uh, have it down there. You know, I know it's tough when you're the home team, it's tough because that means you're losing an SEC home game. But man, you know, this year for Arkansas, next year for A&M, it's great to have four on-campus SEC games and a neutral site game. You only have to play three true road games in the league and you know jerry jones cuts a nice big check to both schools every year so it's not like you're just getting that nice check name and um you know i think it's a good for recruiting for both schools obviously sign a lot of players out of dfw area and i think the kids love playing in a great one of the great maybe it's the best stadium in the, in the world you know I, I i mean i haven't been to all of them but it's about as good as i've ever been and i think the players they all want to be in the nfl and if they don't if they aren't good enough to make it they can at least say they played in an nfl stadium and i think the fans like being down there. there's a lot of fun things to do obviously in dfw area so um i kind of like to see it stay there but it's probably not going to happen but heck i won't be doing this that much longer anyways <laughs> <It won't really laughs> matter, you know but but um yeah i, I definitely don't think it Arkansas definitely even though it's in texas i don't think Arkansas certainly does not feel like a visiting team because like I say it's Jerry's world as, as I don't know if people down there call it that, but people up here call it J- Jerry's world. I think Sam Pittman called it Mr. Jones stadium, very respectful, Jerry, very generous uh, booster for the Razorbacks. And um, you know, his sons and his grandson, you know, played here at Arkansas. And um, so, yeah, I think Arkansas is at home down there. I call it Bob's place. That's what I call it. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned KJ Jefferson, the quarterback, a guy that Jimbo Fisher usually kind of raves about uh, coming into these games with how strong he is and his ability to decision-making ability, but also Rocket Sanders, the running back coming into this game. How, how have you seen that balance between the passing game and the running game so far this season? And what do you foresee in a, in a matchup like this and in how balanced or how skewed one way or another uh, Arkansas might elect to go against the Aggies? I think Arkansas really can do what 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 what's A&M giving them. You know, if 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 they're stacking the box, I think and making it tough to run. I think KJ Jefferson's got a good enough arm, good decision maker. He's getting the ball out quicker. The transfer portal. You know, we talked about Drew Sanders on defense and Jordan Dominic transfer portal. They got some good receivers. You know, Matt Landers, who began his career at Georgia, went to Toledo. He's their leading receiver. Big guy, six five about 200 pounds, um, really talented, 
big speed guy, uh, Jade Hazelwood uh, from uh, he's down in Georgia, but he played at OU, five star guy. Um, they got him. He's done well. Trey Knox, a converted receiver to tight end now. So they've got some real weapons. They don't have anybody as good as Traylon Burks, you know, first round draft pick by the Titans. If, I, I know the Titans got clobbered the other night on Monday Night Football, but I think Trey Burks or Traylon Burks was, was, a, was a bright spot. But they don't, have, they don't have anybody as good as him, but I think they have some good weapons. And so I think if AM, you know, says, hey, we're going to sell out to stop the run, Arkansas can definitely hurt him in the past. But you know, KJ Jefferson is so good at, at that, you know, read option, keeping the ball, figuring out, you know, giving it to Rocket Sanders, obviously a great option. He's leading the SEC in rushing, one of the top, I think, three or four rushers in the country, averaging about right at about 150 yards. And Dominic Johnson, who you could argue he was their best running back last year. KJ Jefferson actually led the team in rushing, but Dominic Johnson has not played. He hurt his knee in, in their outback bowl last year, but he's actually been practicing full go for a couple of weeks. And I think he's probably going to be able to play. Obviously, Rocket Sanders is, is their main guy, but I think they'll, they'll get a lift with Dominic Johnson back on the AJ Green. They've, they've got a really good running back room. So I, they, I definitely think they can run, but if the Aggies are bound to determined to stop the run, then Arkansas can turn them with the pass too. And they've got that big veteran offensive line. I mean, they, they got a lot of things to like on offense. You know, Bob, uh, we've seen a lot of these games – uh, kicking has been very important in the Southwest Classic. I think uh, Christian Kirk a return at one point. Uh, you have the nice indoors. There's been a 70-yard punt has changed field position after defense makes a great stop. A&M's coming off their best game of the year, and they're kicking. Uh, give us a, a little bit of an update to access your assessment of the uh, Arkansas special teams. Well, it, it, they're pretty good. I don't know if they're quite as good as AM because I know AM's got, I'll just call him Nick because I'm not sure how to pronounce <laughs> his last name. They're, they're punter. Uh, but yeah, Arkansas's got good special teams. Cam Little, their they're, uh, sophomore now place kicker, he was excellent last year. I think he had 20 to 24. He got, he's got good range. And of course, indoors, uh, I think your range even increases. And so they've got a really good place kicker. Yeah, there was one of those. I, I still think, why did they kick the ball to Christian Kirk? Whatever year that was, it was one of those over. It was what this. It was like one of those four overtime games where Arkansas lost and A and M stopped them and then scored and won the game. It seemed like that was just a repeat for forever. And um, but yeah, they got a. And I, one of those games, Arkansas missed a very makeable field goal that could have put the game away. You know. And so, but they've got a really reliable field goal kicker in Cam Lill. He's got really good range, probably up to, you know, 50, 52 yards, something like that. Um, and last week, now granted, they, they weren't playing Georgia or Alabama, but they, uh, Bryce Stevens, who's a redshirt freshman, um, returned a punt 82 yards against Missouri State. And it's really ironic. The last time Missouri State played Arkansas in 2011, by Petrino, of course, was the Arkansas coach and Joe Adams who, uh, uh, you know, AM fans should remember from the pre-SEC uh, days when Arkansas was, had scheduled uh, AM, and that was a non-conference game. Joe Adams, great punt returner, great receiver, but a really a magician as a punt returner. Um, I think he had five punt returns for touchdowns his last two years. He returned uh, a punt right there at AT&T Stadium in the Cotton Bowl against Kansas State. And Joe returned two punts for touchdowns against Missouri State the last time they played when Bobby was Arkansas's coach. And so he had to watch Bryce Stevens do it to him. But so um, I think Stevens is a pretty good punt returner. 
he had a couple other good returns that got called, not like that, but he had like a 34-yard that got called back by a penalty and a 10-yard. I always think if you can get a first down on a punt return, that, that, that's a big deal. But um, And then their, their punter, they got an Australian punter, Max Fletcher. He's done okay, not great. We'll see how um, how he does. But they used him to replace um, their punter from last year, Bauer, who did a really good job. So they must feel – and Fletcher's a scholarship signee, freshman. So we'll see how he does. But, yeah, the return games have been pretty good with Bryce Stevens last week, the really good uh, place kicker. But I'd probably have to give A&M an edge there, slide edge. Cease, unless you have anything else, we oh, – go ahead. Just one last thing. Does this game, you feel, Bob, mean more to Arkansas since they're so upper class laden and they beat A&M last year? You know, the winner of this will actually be number two, challenge Alabama. Do you, you think this game means maybe more for Alabama because A&M's got all these young freshmen and sophomores that maybe be good in one or two years? Do you think this game means more for the Razorbacks? It, you know, that's a good point. They play Alabama next week, and you can imagine if Arkansas – it's interesting, Arkansas is ranked 10th and A&M, I think, is 23rd. But the, the 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 smart money apparently is on AM because they're the wise guys out in Vegas have made AM, I think, a two and a half point favorite. So that, that'll be interesting to see. But I, I think it's gonna be a close game. My guess is it'll be unless there's a bunch of turnovers by somebody, I think the score will be in the 20s somewhere, 24, 21, 28, 24, something like that. I'm not gonna pick a winner, but I think it'll be close and and in the 20s is, is my prediction. But um it's a big game for Arkansas because you know, they got to play Alabama next week. I know the Aggies have the next three on the road, so it's a really big game for them too. But, yeah, Arkansas, they're a, they're a veteran team for the most part, and uh, and they may feel like, hey, this is their year. They've got Alabama at home. I'm not saying they're going to beat Alabama, but this is probably their – they've lost six – they've never beaten Saban. Last time they beat Saban, he was at LSU. <laughs> so they've never beaten Saban at Alabama. So I'm not – I don't know if Arkansas can beat them this year, but – you know, getting them at home and with with an older team, they, they got to feel like, hey, maybe this is their year. Next year they might be, I don't know, rebuilding, but, you know, they're, they're going to lose some some very good players. And so uh, it is a big game. If Arkansas is going to have a shot to, to win the West, they really need to win this game. And I'm sure A&M feels the same way. We'll, we'll close it out with this. I know you keep your finger on the pulse of, of all the SEC. Uh, from what your expectations were of A&M coming into this season, how – surprise, uh, validated, whatever the word might be, are you of where A&M sits right now coming into this game from what you've been able to see of them and, and stats you've picked out and whatnot? Well, I, I certainly didn't think they used Appalachian State. I did think, I told, and I told people this up here, I said, hey, I think they're going to beat Miami and I think they're going to give Arkansas all they want. It won't shock me if A&M were to win that game. I think they've got a lot of talent. Um, and, it, you know, as much as they hate losing at home to Appalachian state. That's not an SEC game. You know, I'm probably sounding like Jimbo here or something, but <laughs> all their goals are still out there. You know, if they run the table, they're going to be in the playoffs, but yeah, I really, I, I think I, I did some for y'all's football section. I, I predicted A&M, I think to go 10 and two, which obviously they could still do, but I did not count one of those losses at Appalachian state, but my game has got a lot of talent. I know Jimbo's probably been under a lot of heat with a new contract and, you know, it looks like they're, stuck on four losses or whatever, but, um, you know, A&M's obviously got a lot of talent. They got a good coaching staff. Um, so, you, you know, I, I'm surprised that they lost to Appalachian state and they have, obviously it was kind of a, not, not a real, 
But I know, I know it, I read where Jimbo took exceptional word ugly being used about the win, but 17 to nine, you know, one, one offensive touchdown the whole game. That's, that's kind of ugly by, by today's <laughs> offensive standards, but Hey, a win's a win. So yeah, I think to this point, A&M's probably underachieved based on other talent level and what you'd expect, but maybe now Max Johnson's in there, maybe they've got that figured out and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think A&M's got a, a really high ceiling, and we'll see what they can do. Sure thing, Bob. Uh, let the, the people know how they can find you and find your work. Well, I know our website's ArkansasOnline.com, or you can go to – if you want to read the, the Northwest version, it's NWAOnline.com. And uh, my Twitter you – know, it's kind of like your phone number. You don't really – <laughs> I think it's Bob Holt ADG is my Twitter handle. I think ADG stands for Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Um, so I guess that's that's how you find me. There or you, you can go. just come to Fayetteville. You just come to Fayetteville and, and you know look around. I'll, I'll <laughs> there you go, uh, Bob. Thanks so much for uh, giving us a few minutes of your time. Safe travels to AT and T Stadium, and thank you all for watching this another edition of uh, going beyond enemy lines and uh if you're listening on the my Aggie nation podcast uh thanks so much for listening there we'll be back with another edition next week so we'll see you then it seems like every day everything just has a way the way to must have seems but if we don't watch what we're doing our hearts will get ruined by silly things good loving needs a girl we know that's true If we want to keep it, we got to watch everything that we do, yeah, yeah. Don't want to make sure my baby, make sure you're sticking with me. Don't want to make sure that we'll be all that we can be, all that we can be, all that we can be.